Welcome to your Jesuit parish in the heart of Hollywood. This is the Blessed Sacrament Hollywood Podcast, and here's today's homily. The Lord be with you. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to walk to you on the water. He said, come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. My sisters and brothers, the Gospel of the Lord. Well, I'm glad to be here with all of you this evening as we move into the second weekend of our four-part preaching series. We preach in series here at Blessed Sacrament typically because it gives us a chance to kind of go deeper on a theme with the readings. It's helpful to the preachers. I hope it's helpful to all of you. Uh, last week, we started, JT started this out with uh, the first part of this series called Fearless or Fearless, not fearless as in someone without fear, but learning how to have less fear. So fearless, a little bit less than you had before. And last weekend, it was the conversation between uh, Peter and Jesus around the transfiguration. Uh, Jesus was trying to get G Peter to understand that that initial impression of the transfiguration with all the excitement, that that impression might be, need to be tempered, that the excitement around that and the fear, the overwhelmingness of it, uh, was one piece, but there's a deeper piece, which was the relationship with Jesus. And so Jesus is reaching down to touch Peter. Throughout this series, we're gonna see what's this relationship between Peter, the you know, very good friend, disciple, apostle, first pope, and the guy that usually gets it wrong in relationship with Jesus. What's that relationship? And there's usually more fear in there than you would expect. So today we get to have another big piece, which is the walking on the water. And there's plenty of opportunity for fear, for being afraid, for anxiety in the whole walking on the water. Perhaps if any of you have tried, you'll realize that, it does, that, that there's reason for fear. But we'll get into that for just a second. But before that, I want to just ask you to think about does it ever happen to you that maybe in your apartment or your house, you find yourself in one room and you're standing there and you think, now, why did I come in here? Or you're standing in front of an open refrigerator and saying, now, why am I here? Or in front of a cupboard and you're thinking, what, 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 am I here for a paper towel, socks, toothpicks? Why am I here? You're like, you forget why, why you are where you are. I think this, this happens a lot. And it not happen, just ha happens in your house, but it happens in your life or our lives often, that you're doing your thing, you're doing your thing, and, and you kind of lift your head and think, wait, well, how did I get here? This happens to me when I go to the hospital, I'm dressed as a priest, right? And I'm walking down the hall seeing a parishioner or something, and I think, 
why am I here? Like, I, I'm, I'm dressed as a, how did I get here? I'm dressed as a priest. I'm supposed to know what the heck's going on. How did I get here? So maybe that happens to you. I know it happens to a lot of people, not just in a job, but also in a relationship. You might be several years into a relationship and you think, how did I get here? What, what happened? Why, why am I here? And it also happens in our relationship with the divine, with however we understand God, with Jesus, the Holy Spirit. We think, wait, I've been doing this thing for a while. How did I get here? I mean, if you ever have that moment during mass and you think, what are we doing again? Like we're, we're marching around and there's a line and there's the body. Of, I mean, and you think, how did I get here? You know, what, what happened? And I think that sense of confusion or displacement or wonder is not unusual and it happens in lots of different places. And since it's a human experience, there's always something in the scripture that addresses that or sheds some light on it. And we continue, those of followers of Christ, continue to look at scripture and think, hey, how does God work? What, are we, what, how, how, what can we expect of God? What is God like? And what could we be like? And how, what does God want for us? Which is the big question. So we have this big reading today where Jesus has just fed the 5,000 with the help of the, uh, the apostles. And then he puts his followers in a boat. They're on the Sea of Galilee, right? Or the, that, that big lake. And he sends them ahead of him. So, okay, you guys get in this boat and go. So they go. He goes up a mountain and finally some time to himself to pray. And then later, about you know, early in the morning, he goes out to catch up with them. <laughs> and he immediately freaks them out because they're out there rowing because it's not going great. It's not a storm, that's a different story, but it's not going great, so they're you know, putting their back into it, they're rowing because the wind is against them, and they see him, and they immediately think, he's a ghost. Okay, which seems a big of a big jump, but they think he's a ghost. He says, no, I'm not a ghost. And then Peter, Peter says, well, you know, uh, call me, and I'll get on the water, and he, he walks for a little bit, and then he and then he falls through, he loses faith, I guess, and then Jesus has saved him again, and they all get in the boat, and they continue on. Now, this story has hopefully lots in it that might be useful to us, but I'm just going to talk about a few things that might be helpful to us today. I know it's been helpful to me, and maybe it'll be helpful to you. Here's number one thing, is that Peter and Jesus have this relationship where they've been, you know, Peter's been following Jesus for some time, and it's Jesus in the flesh, like God in the flesh, so like full access, day in and day out. So you think the relationship would be great, and you think it would be able, you know, Peter could rely on everything being easy, because, you know, Jesus is on his side, so why is he out in a boat and suddenly there's adversity? Suddenly things, he's having to row. That, so we could think, even if we follow Jesus, there's still adversity. That might be what you need to hear today. That even if you're trying to follow Jesus, there is still adversity in your life. Not because you're doing it wrong, but because you're a human being. And you're being shaped by that adversity, whatever that is. Whether it's a physical ailment, or a relationship you just can't get right, or a sense of doom. You know, whatever that is, it's not because you've got it wrong, but because even St. Peter experienced adversity. And this is a story that tells us that. Number two, one of the important parts that it's early in the gospel, so if, you're, if we're not paying attention, we can just miss it. But Jesus puts those guys in the boat 
and sends them away. Like, so Jesus, it was Jesus' idea to put them in the boat and then they go out into the sea. Okay, this is important for us to remember too because often in the beginning, in the middle, we need to remember the beginning. In the middle of a marriage, you need to remember the beginning. Why the hell did you get into this thing to start with? And did Jesus, was, it, was Jesus part of that conversation? Or if you're in a job, uh, you think, well, I, this job makes no sense to me at, anymore at all. You, in the middle, you need to go back to the beginning. Why did, I, why did I get this job? Why did I think it was a good idea? Was I actually in relationship with God at that time? Did Jesus weigh in? Did I make the decision by myself? Was I the one giving the orders? Was I the one that shoved myself into that boat? If so, maybe I could get into a different boat. The jobs, projects, where you live, what you do. Now there's some commitments, marriage, children, taking care of parents, where you think, well, I can't just, <laughs> I can't just tell my parents, I'm not taking care of you any longer because I made a bad decision some time ago. You know, like that doesn't happen. Some commitments you just continue and you make them work. But often in the middle, we need to figure out, was Jesus part of the beginning and did he put me in the boat? Finally, the third piece, and this is hard for me to explain, but I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take a crack at it. I think it's so weird that in this story that we're supposed to get goodness out of, we're supposed to get some direction out of, St. Peter says, when he's trying to figure out, is that Jesus walking on the water? He says, <laughs> he says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you over the water. That is not what I would have said. That doesn't make any sense. Like, if that's you, command me to come to you over the water. Now, I think the key part for this, for us, is the word command. So Peter has been with Jesus long enough to know that Jesus wants goodness for him all the time. So all the things he's commanded him in the past have turned out to give him life. So he says, I will know it's you if what you tell me, you command me, will, will be good, will be goodness, will, will give me life. So if you command me, if it's not my idea, if you command me, I will step out onto the water, which shouldn't, I shouldn't be able to do, and walk towards you. Because Jesus' commands have been, to love others as I love you, to uh, love neighbor as self, to love God above everything else. You know all those commands that come to your mind? That all those commands that Jesus has given Peter up to this point have been really, have given Peter life. And so he, to test Jesus, he says, command me. And for us who like to do what the heck we want, we might think asking anyone to give us commands, that would be, wait. But our relationship with Jesus has to be deep enough to know that God, Jesus, always wants the best for us. And the commands that God has for us are for us. They're not to make God happy. They're to make us happy, to bring us to fullness, right? To fullness. And I think that is something that is really useful for us to hold on to. Because as we go out into our week, we need life in fullness. We need life that is hopeful. We need life that, is, that, is, that moves not only us, but our communities to everything humans can be, fired by the Spirit and moving across the water towards a God who loves us, 
Now, of course, Peter has his troubles. He gets distracted by the wind. He begins to sink. And, and, and Jesus doesn't just say, well, good luck. I, I told you. No, he just saves him again. That's Christ saving us again and again and again and again, right? God will never get tired of saving us because of this deep well of affection for us, continuing to want us to come to fullness, right? To grow through his commands, to become really useful in the world, to continue to shift things towards hope and goodness.